BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Where is your industry going? Because you need to also be going that direction. In fact, you need to get there before the industry gets there. Since COVID, the rate at which salons have been shutting down is actually crazy. It's about 8% year on year. So what's the next big problem? For me, that's tech and the hair space. The trend with businesses and niche within a niche. We know that starting in black hair is great. You can go deep and build real value for that community and then expand. If I look at areas of my life where I have been able and open to constructive feedback are areas of my life that I care about. I care that they have a product that works and I care about that more than I care about being successful. You have to be a bit unapologetic and sometimes as an entrepreneur, when you have a vision for the future and how you want the final product to look, you get caught up in like, it needs to be exactly the way I envision it. But you need to test the highest value feature. There was something in my mind that was like, you need to ride this momentum because if it dies, it's hard to get it back and you will trade off another year of working for your dream. Is Mm. that worth it? You're not defined by where you, where you come from, yeah. and I think that's a big message that I always yeah. want to tell people. Like, like you have to be able to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. When you grow up in ends, you don't realize it when you're confident, but you have an audacity to do things that ordinarily most people wouldn't fit into. All right, welcome back to the Takeoff Experience. We've got a special guest in the building, Antoinette. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am good. Very, very excited about this episode. Very excited to hear about your journey, and I'm sure that the audience is as well. I actually wanted to start it like this. Um, how has the new year started for you so far? Oh, that's a good question. This The new year's been good. I think I, I actually didn't do a lot of my planning okay. in December, which I usually do. So I usually do my personal planning, business planning in December, but I was actually really exhausted from the year in December. So I've actually taken January instead of hitting the ground running. Mm. It's been a bit reflective. It's been a bit, pla- you know, more planning wise than I, than I would usually do. Yeah. Um, but it's been good. Mm. It's been good. Back in the gym, yeah. you know, which feels okay. good. Nice. Um, but it's been a good start to the year. Yeah. What made it so busy last year? What happened? Well, last year I launched Tresley. Okay. Um, and we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. But, you know, it was an accumulation of like so much work mm. from my previous business, transitioning over, mm-hmm. um, creating a hype, creating a community around yeah. it. We had our first ever event, which was our launch event. It was a yeah. gala for, sti- for hairstylists in the UK. And so it was a lot of, of, of effort. Yeah. And also I think a lot of emotional exhaustion as well. Mm. The ups and downs of yeah. like, oh my God, is this going to go well? Blah, 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 blah. It all ended up being amazing. <laughs> Amazing, but it was just I just realized at the end I was like I'm tired mm. so that's why 
That's crazy. Yeah. So you're feeling actually burnt out. Oh, I was feeling it. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. And sure. you know what? It's good to, because some people, I feel like sometimes with entrepreneurship, there's a bit of a mindset where it's like, you know, just push through it. And then mentally, you got to just stop yourself from doing anything further. You just be like, you know what, I'm done. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And I think luckily I've never really been a push through person. Mm. I think I recognize rest as a very important part okay, of my that's, journey. That's important. Um, which is important. Mm. Yeah. And I think also knowing when is the time to rest. Mm. And so like, I think it was like November. It was like one of my, my close friends, her birthday was around the end of November. And I just remember saying like, I don't even have the energy to like, get up and go like I actually just need to chill wow. and that's when I realized I was like you know what December is just recuperation yeah. I need to just <laughs> regain back you know so take it easy I mean still working but not at the rate yeah I think it's the rate you have to kind of slow Crazy. down a bit right yeah. so yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's super super important so okay so for those this is the be first time they're gonna meet you so I guess who is Antoinette so I am a self-professed beauty lover. Okay. Um, I'm the founder of Tressly, which is a website builder and a booking software for independent hairstylists. I've been in the black hair space for about seven to eight years now. Wow. Um, I started off with a passion for hair. So mm. I, I, my actual professional background is in finance and marketing, mm. but I've always done hair on the side. Okay. And so that's kind of where my hair, my love for hair started. You know, my aunt had a salon, so I was always mm. around that. Okay. And that's when I kind of thought, you know what, this is an area I want to get mm. into. So yeah. aside from doing hair on the side, I set up my first business, Hair Crush, which was a community, a community um, of black women that wanted to share content around Afro hair care. Mm -hmm. And so we worked with brands like Dyson and Cantu and, okay. and Pantene. Wow. We worked on loads of amazing campaigns. And I realized, you know what, the next phase of my journey is supporting hairstylists. Mm. And so I launched my company Trustly last year and going full time with it this year. Okay, wow. That's that's amazing. We're definitely gonna get into that. It's always the way we start the podcast, we always love to like get to know the background of the person uh that is, you know, featuring on the podcast. So, you know, I guess where are your parents from? So my mum's Ghanaian, my dad's yeah. Nigerian. Yep. And were you born in Ghana or Nigeria or the UK? So I was born in the UK, mm -hmm. but I went to Ghana when I was about three. Okay. And so I actually, my whole childhood was in Ghana. Really? So I lived in Ghana from about three to 12. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, for wow. the whole of primary school, basically. Okay. Yeah. What, do you, what was like your earliest memories of like being in Ghana at the time? So we have, we, I just remember like a, we had a massive garden mm. and I just remember like running around and really elaborate birthday parties. Oh, really? <laughs> I know that's so random, but <laughs> I remember like I used to have, we used to have these massive birthday parties. Yeah. Me and my sister have a sister who's a year below me and massive bouncy, bouncy castles, mm. friends from school, everyone from school. Mm. And I just remember thinking, wow, like this is so fun. And those yeah. are my, I had, I had that all the way up until I was 12. Really? So all the way up until I left Ghana. Wow. So it's such a, it's a beautiful, that's memories. It's mm. a beautiful memory for me. Mm because it's now made birthdays really important to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is really interesting do, do you know what did you feel like i guess growing up in growing up in ghana at the time it it was amazing because i think as a child you know i think the the quality of life is very different mm -hmm. in that part of the world when you yeah. do have a little bit of well you're from a decent background right when i say decent i mean like you have a bit of money mm. and so things like having a driver having um, people to help with the with the home. Oh. When I came to London, it was a bit of a shock. I was like, <laughs> I 
have to do with they myself. Have the in you, yeah. Yeah. So it, it was uh, for me. It, it was actually great. Like yeah. I was, I was living life. I was yeah. enjoying. Um, but I think also, like I, I went to international school, mm. an international school. So I in, met in Ghana. In Ghana. Okay. So I actually met a lot of people from different backgrounds. Mm. So some of my my friends were from Lebanon, Algeria, like all across yeah. the world. And so it was actually really nice. You yeah. know, I had my culture, but also got to I got exposed to a lot of other cultures yeah. as well. Mad. What? So how, how come I had a great life? What happened? Why? Why London? Do you know why your parents decided to to move to to London? Yeah, I think they always they, the plan was always that I would I, me and my sister would come to mm. London. I think it was just a matter of timing. Okay. And I think they probably didn't want to break up our um, primary school education. Mm. They probably thought let's complete it and then start. Mm a new chapter, which is obviously kind of the year seven onwards. Yeah. And, and I really appreciated that because it felt like mm. if I had to leave in between, that's mm. never, never good for children. You know, yeah. you never want to leave your friends. That's true. You yes. know, but I like at the end of year six, everyone was going their separate ways. Some people were going abroad. Mm. Some people were staying. So it felt like a good time to transition yeah. over to like a new life. Okay. Yeah. And how did you, I guess, how did you adjust when you moved to London? You, you, you talked about one of the adjustments, which was, you know, not being used to having yeah. <laughs> drivers and butlers <laughs> no, and things I mean, like I that. Get yeah, that far. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but um, I think it was it was interesting because I think at school mm. I was like I had I feel like I was a, I was at a different level mm. um in Ghana. So when I came. I don't know what it is, but I think I was kind of like, wow, like I'd learned this already, you know? So I was probably okay. like two grades ahead. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's So nice. it took, it was very much like, you know, kind of like boredom, kind mm. of just feeling like, you know, not challenged for like the first couple of years. And then I kind of settled in. Okay. Um, I think in terms of people, I'm quite a people person. So I mm. kind of like, I made friends quite easily. I think it was just adjusting to the school mm. system and like, oh, why am I learning this again? Yeah. Like, yeah. Done this. I know yeah. this like maths, oh, that's whatever. Mad. So it was interesting, Crazy. but it was nice to have that mm. edge. Mm. Um, but it quickly wore off. When I got to year nine, I was like, okay, now we're learning, <laughs> we're learning new stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay. what always happens. Yeah. You get to a certain get to part a certain... and then it, yeah, it just comes crashing down. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's mad. What was like, so were you like, proper into the education or were you more on the creative side more on like the entrepreneurship side even at like secondary school that's a really good point I was very much into like my education I think um I had dreams of being like a pediatrician so I wanted to get into medicine so I was very kind of like this is what I want to do like I mean that changed completely when I got a bit older but when I was young I remember I would really kind of like look up to the kind of career like the careers that you typically see, like a, yeah. you know, a lawyer or a doctor. Maybe yeah. that's like the symptom of being an African <laughs> household, you know? Um, so kind of that, that was my, the, those were some of my aspirations at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I was always creative. Like mm. I always had creative outlets. Okay. So I used to like, um, I used to paint a lot when I was younger. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, I always did hair. Like I always had like loads of dolls. Mm. So I would play around with stuff like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just, I would always explore creative outlets, but mm. always as a way of a more of a release if that makes sense yeah so then what happened why did you decide to go down you know becoming a doctor down the medical route I think I got to a certain level and I realized actually I'm great with numbers okay and I think I wasn't that great with the science (laughs) so I was kind of like yeah so actually like my mum was like why didn't you study um Mm. maths in 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 for your a-levels and like economics yeah and I was like you know what why not like when something comes easy to you you kind of feel like I might as well might as well just do that yeah Yeah. so I kind of like you know I studied maths um and economics for a-levels alongside Mm. 
politics and I think I can't remember the last subject mm. but um it was great because I think at the end of that I was like okay right yeah I know I can do this quite easily mm. I can study economics and then maybe go into you know some sort of finance role yeah. but one thing I, I I realized is that even though I was good at it I, I didn't find it that interesting okay you didn't like it I didn't, at all yeah okay. it wasn't my thing but I kind of yeah. just went with it okay and so I think earlier on in my career I, yeah. I realized that and I was like you can either go down this route mm. Boredom and boredom, or you can like pivot now, yeah, and yeah, use your skills right in a different way. That's good. That I I feel like what I'm hearing from you so far is that you're kind of continuously following the path that you think that you're on. You don't really spend too much time doing stuff that you don't really like, which I think a lot a lot of us do. A lot of us do do that. So how did you? Mm. I guess I got a question around that. Like, how did you come to terms with that, and how did you? make that decision to be like you know what you started off in the finance career I want to like pivot into something else I think I'm quite an impatient person okay which is which is not great like I think it has its pros and cons right yeah I think the pros is that when something doesn't work for me mm-hmm. I'm very very quick to change because I, I I'm almost like wh- why is this not working like mm. I need to make I need to make make something change so yeah. that it does work for me or I just need to completely change from what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's bad because sometimes you probably need to stick things out a bit more. Mm. And so I'm, I've learned that actually through business. I think when I, when I actually, <laughs> I think being an entrepreneur has taught me patience yeah. for sure. But I think in my <laughs> earlier kind of years, I was very impatient. So yeah. if I was in a job and I felt like I wasn't being challenged anymore, mm. it wasn't serving me. I was like, okay, right. What's the next opportunity? Mm. What I was always like looking for something Okay. else okay. um and so i didn't like i didn't like that feeling of of mm. not being either challenged or stimulated or happy yeah and so i was i would always be quick to make that change mm-hmm. um what i've learned now is that you have to really evaluate your reasons why yeah and sometimes you have to you actually have to stick it out to learn and become better from yeah. it rather than run away from it i agree and <laughs> uh, so you have to kind of discern what what the right like you know which which it is basically yeah 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 yeah. that's crazy so obviously when you came out of uni you said that you got into finance right into a finance role what company was it and what I guess what were you doing at the time when you yeah so I was it was St James's Place Wealth Management okay Okay. and I was working for one of the senior partners as a client services and marketing manager okay so actually it was actually a marketing client Mm. services role but there was actually a lot of finance involved okay (laughs) because I had to actually do a lot of reporting for the clients Ah, uh, and that involved understanding like the you know the index funds the numbers so actually it was quite yeah, yeah it was client services but it was very much like I was still you required yeah. a finance degree because okay. you had to understand what you were saying and obviously yeah. make sure that it was right and it was accurate so that's kind of yeah mm. where I was I, I had it I actually did an internship there and I enjoyed it and then they offered me a role when I graduated oh, okay. so that's how it happened okay and then you ended up leaving right to yes. go to another company exactly yeah. so after a year I left I, I realised you know what okay. I do like the marketing side but the finance side of this mm. role was is too much <laughs> right I, I don't want this too much numbers it's too man. much yeah. yeah so I moved over to Publicist Group mm. which is a media agency mm-hmm. and I was I was working there on some of that their healthcare accounts as an yeah. account exec really enjoying it like doing the marketing I did loads of events mm-hmm. and I think it was there I discovered my love for events okay. and bringing people together Ah, okay. So and that's I, where it came from. That's where it came okay. from. And I learned a lot of the skills of like how to execute mm. on an event, 
from that role. It okay. was really, really structured, really, yeah. really like obviously massive agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really got to kind of like understand, okay, this is what you need. Like these yeah. are the detail. And I became very detail orientated okay. in that role. I remember I had okay. a line manager. I was like, she used to be like, well, that P is out of place. <laughs> she was really? so, so particular. And I used oh, to God. think, this is so annoying. Yeah. But I honestly think it's shaped a lot of the way I work now. Yeah. You know, I think I'm very much like a visionary big thinker, but it forced me to be like, look at the tiny details. She'd yeah. always be like, this need, this is, she'd be, I'd be like, this is not important. She'd be like, it is important. And so I had, I had a long period of going through that with her. Yeah. But by the end of it, it really did, it really did help me, to be honest. <laughs> it really did. Although I understand what you're saying, there's definitely got to be a balance as well. Because some people, you're spending like 10 hours on a PowerPoint and you've not even added much more value, but it's yeah, just the colouring. It's, just, like, it's like, like, come like, on, ah, please. Come on. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it sounds like it was such a rewarding experience. And then I guess, what was like the urge to be like, you know what, I'm really enjoying, you know, my career here i want to like start a business on the side how did that happen yeah so so actually it started off the inception was at university mm. so i went to leicester university and at the time i realized that there wasn't much going on in terms of afro textured hair mm. in the midlands because obviously it's a predominantly white area yeah. you have tons of students coming over from mm. london and they don't have anywhere to do their hair. Okay. So a couple of people found out through the grapevine that I did hair. And actually uh. I just ended up like, I ended up doing hair like quite a bit mm. in uni. Um, but what I realized was that outside of like lectures and stuff, mm. people would always ask me questions about hair and mm. be like, oh, how do I do this? Or what product should I use for this? And I think at the time there wasn't much in the media around mm. Afro hair care. Okay. Um, it was kind of like the kind of the beginning of the natural hair movement. There wasn't much information. And so I kind of felt like, what if I create a platform Mm. that shares content around this, Mm. healthy hair content, tips, um, creates a bit of a community. Mm -hmm. I'll start off as an Instagram page and see how it goes. Mm. And so that's where Hair Crush was born. Okay. That was it. And so started the Instagram page, you know, got a huge following, started a a monthly newsletter, sharing tips, started working with brands, brands reaching out saying, can we work together? You know, and I was like, wait, hold on. There's something here, mm-hmm. you know, there's something building. There's, there was momentum building. Um, and so we actually started working with brands to reach communities. So brands oh, that were looking okay. to enter the black hair space, for example, yeah. Dyson, um, a few years later, mm-hmm. they were actually looking to create a an Afro hair attachment for really? their, for their oh, that's quite supersonic hairdryer. Oh, and so okay. we worked with them on the go-to-market campaign of like, okay, mm-hmm. how do you then reach this demographic? Mm-hmm. What influencers do you work with? And that was amazing. Yeah. You know, that that's was our so first cool. like big break. We're like, yeah. hold on. Wow. This is this is cool. And then we wow. ended up working with loads of other brands, Living Proof, they created mm-hmm. a curl range, yeah. kind of helped them with a the strategy for that. Okay. All the while educating our community, yeah. working with influencers. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Pantene, their gold series yeah. range for Afro hair. We helped yeah. them, support them with that. So it was just an incredible time. Yeah. Like it was kind of like, I think it was the buzz of like, mm. hold on, this is when, I don't know if you saw, there was a period of time, probably about two, three years ago when everyone's saying the black hair industry is worth billions. Why yeah. is no one selling this industry? <laughs> ah, ah, ah. You know, so brands were really trying to, trying yeah. to get in there. And, yeah. you know, we were perfectly placed because we'd been in the industry for a while yeah. at that point um, as like a solid community and platform. And my, I think my marketing background helped because essentially yeah. what I was ended up doing is essentially consulting and running a bit of an agency them, yeah yeah them, alongside yeah. our community work so okay. it, it was great yeah wow 
that's that's incredible. I, you know, I always think like brands is so interesting because it's crazy. Is when you say the fact that there was no kind of content around that, it's like wow. Like why was nobody doing this? It's like come on, like, like yeah, yeah. Come, exactly. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of actually uh, a lot of American creators mm -hmm. on YouTube. Uh, yeah, but not and here. Not here. And okay. so it was really like getting penetrating yeah. this market and saying mm. like why why are we listening to to girls about <laughs> products we can't actually buy we couldn't even buy the products you know so and then obviously i think you know i what i love about yeah. hair crush is that when we started there wasn't much but i think now mm. and this was about six and a half years ago mm -hmm. that i started hair crush okay yeah and so i ago. yeah a long time yeah. ago and i think in that time it's been amazing to mm. see how the space has grown mm -hmm. and i've been a part of it i've seen new platforms pop up mm -hmm. i've collaborated with loads of people and i'm at the point with hair crush, I'm like, it's, you know, I, when I, you know, when you have a business, you always think, what is this business for? Yeah. Was it, what is it setting out to do? Mm. And at the time, hair crush was setting up to bridge the gap in the British beauty media around yeah. Afro hair care. Yeah. And I think six years later, I'm like, wow, the, the, the gap has been bridged. Yeah. Like there is so much out there now. So much out You know, there, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's amazing. You know, I kind of feel like it's, you know, not the end of an era, but it's mm. like, wow, we did, we did some amazing stuff, yeah. right? And yeah. what's, what's the next big problem? Yeah. You know, and for me, that's tech in, okay. the, in, in the hair space. Okay. So thinking about how can tech serve yeah. the black hair space in, mm. in an amazing way. And that's what Tressley is about, supporting okay. hairstylists. So is that how that idea came about? You was like, okay, cool. Actually, no, no I want you to tell the yeah, story. How did, yeah, that come, no, how did that come about? Yeah, so, you know, pretty much you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I think having having that much experience mm. in the space with Hair Crush yeah. and being so immersed in like hair and stylists. And I had like a very close mm. um I guess, view of like what was missing. Yeah. I started to hear from stylists that they were struggling with software. You know, there was a big kind of like tech gap. Mm. So I think it was kind of like struggling to use current software, but also it's current software not serving them because mm. it's quite generic. Yeah. You know, they were using scheduling softwares that doctors use, you know, mm. it, it was, there was no <laughs> kind of, mad. you know, there's this. So I think it was more kind of like, how do we create something that yeah. serves you? Mm. But outside of that, how do we bring the community mm. element that I built with Hair Crush to mm. that business as well? So okay. more than a software, how yeah. do we make it a, a movement, a community okay. that as a stylist, you come in and you say, yeah. hey, I want to 10x my business. I've got a community that can help me. I've got the software. Um, let's grow kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of the where Tressley came from. Okay. Oh, that's that's so interesting. Are you able to de quickly describe what, you know, Tresley... In fact, no, let me let me rephrase the question because I, I had it in another way. <laughs> <laughs> so I had it in, in a way where, paraphrasing myself, I'm, I'm not a hairstylist, but if I was a yes. well-known hairstylist and I was obviously looking for software to support my business, mm -hmm. I guess how would Tresley help me grow and why should I use Tresley? So with Tresley, yeah. we provide, I, I always say it like this, mm. we provide the... Um, the brand, we bridge mm -hmm. the brand and the business, right? Mm -hmm. As a business owner, you have business, especially, let, let me say not a business owner, let me say as a hairstylist, mm -hmm. you have your business that you need to mm -hmm. run and that's bookings, mm -hmm. payments, yeah. you know, emailing clients, marketing. So that's the business side. Then you have the brand, which is like your brand identity, your logo, mm -hmm. how you present yourself online. And so 
you know, with Tressley, we bridge the brand and the business. We have the yeah. website builder, which allows you to create mm-hmm. a beautiful professional website in about 15 minutes. Yeah, I saw um, that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah using yeah, templates yeah. that we've we've created that suit you as a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the business, you also access backend tools. So yeah. managing your bookings, mm-hmm. payments that clients make, email marketing to clients, wow. all in one system. Mm. And so we're kind of thinking about, think about a website builder like Wix, yeah. or Squarespace mm-hmm. and then think about a booking system like mm-hmm. Acuity Scheduling yeah. or Booksy mm-hmm. and then think about payment solutions like mm-hmm. Stripe, PayPal yeah. and then bring and then think about mailing like MailChimp mm-hmm. and then put that all in one place yeah. that's Stressly okay that's crazy how did you come up with all of that because that's a <laughs> that's a lot to come up with yeah and how long did that take you to come up with like all of those kind of components I think I think it was actually experience as well okay remember so i did hair yeah, yeah yeah so i was using acuity oh what, yourself yeah personally. myself wait so you're still a hairstylist even post uni yeah i was ah. doing i was doing it on the side ah okay. yeah but even okay. i was doing it on the side yeah. because of my diary i needed to have something that i could at least schedule yeah. in like friends and family yeah like and this maybe was, weekends and maybe weekends yeah. and stuff like okay. that oh, and man. so i was using acuity and i realized yeah. that it was great acuity is great for booking that's what it does really well, mm. but it doesn't do anything else. It okay. doesn't help you build a pony. yeah. It's okay. a one trick pony. It doesn't help yeah. you build a brand. Mm. It doesn't help you with the visual sides of mm. your of your business. Mm. And there was other elements I felt like I was missing. I wanted like yeah. a stronger like kind of. I was using different apps for different things, and I was okay. like. I feel like it should just all be in one, right? <laughs> and so that's where I conducted like research. Yeah. I did some in-depth research yeah. with with hundreds of stylists and I wanted to find out like, mm. what is it that you're missing, right? Mm. And I think the main thing that they said is like, the brand side of things like I can't mm. I can't showcase my logo my colors mm. like and I think especially in a crowded industry an industry that continues to be crowded yeah you need to differentiate yourself and yeah. stand out yeah and so that was something that they were missing and so I felt like why don't we fill that gap essentially mm. why don't okay. we bring this all together that's interesting yeah and so I met my co-founder mm. um actually Sam my co-founder I met yeah. him at uni but okay. when I was building the business I couldn't think of anyone better okay you know he'd he'd worked for so many amazing companies mm-hmm. um he's a product engineer mm-hmm. and I just felt like I was like yeah let me let me speak to Sam about this <laughs> let me see what he thinks what did you do to convince him <laughs> I think what he what he liked was yeah. that I had already done the research. Okay, that's and actually, very important. Yeah, yeah, which is very important. And actually, when we met, when I when we spoke about it, I act, I'd, I'd actually already built an MVP. So an MVP is obviously a minimal mm. viable product. Yeah. It's essentially like testing out okay. this model. Had you? Oh, that's Yeah, so, so during COVID actually. What, by yourself or did by you? By myself. Whoa. Well, I got a developer to support. Okay, but okay. But it was cool. very patchy. Like it was, <laughs> it was genuinely like the lowest possible like but that's like good though. very scrappy. Yeah. So I had pieced together all the things mm. that I that I needed, mm. different bits of software. Like I, I it was so <laughs> scrappy, but I just wanted to see if people would pay for it. Yeah, and if I could get and stylists were using it and paying for it. They were using your MVP. They were using the MVP. Wow, brave! You're brave MVP. for like actually putting it out there. A lot of people wouldn't, yeah. and that's great that you put it out there. And I think that's the thing about yeah. business. Like you have to be a bit unapologetic because mm. I was very embarrassed of it. Like I was like, this is not the, this is not the product I envision. And sometimes as an entrepreneur, when you have a vision for the future and how you want the final product to look, you get caught up in like, it needs to be exactly the way I envision it. But you need to test the highest value feature. Like mm. whatever you're trying to sell, for us, it was the website builder component. We knew that stylists didn't have the time 
or capacity to be building these elaborate websites for themselves, but they wanted websites. Mm. But they also wanted websites that worked yeah. and took bookings and yeah. had the functionality of advanced booking systems. So essentially the MVP was a website builder mashed with an existing booking software, masked yeah. as an app. Okay. <laughs> so very yeah. scrappy. Yeah. But we tested that and we realized that they were willing to pay for those features together. Mm. And we added in there some sort of mailing. Mm. It was very scrappy. <laughs> but again, it just allowed us to test. Actually, yeah. if you had all of these things in one app, is that valuable to yeah. you? And it was. Yeah. And so I feel like if I didn't do that, it wouldn't have been validation enough for me to mm. even speak to Sam. Yeah. Because how does he know that? That like, I'm not just imagining that this is this is an issue <laughs> and people would actually pay for this. How many people were paying for it at the time? So at the time we had ten, which was actually That's good. The, yeah, which was actually the capacity. Like we can oh. actually go, <laughs> we can actually go more than that. <laughs> but um, it was still amazing. You know, there was it was buggy, yeah. it was bad. Yeah. But the fact that they trusted me enough yeah. to put their business in my hands and it was scrappy and they still stayed on it for about okay. six months. Did yeah whilst we learned and I learned okay. a lot from them I took notes and yeah. I was like we're gonna come back trust mm. me thank you for being patient yeah. thank you for the feedback I'm gonna let you go because I know yeah. this has been a hard process yeah. but they were there yeah. yeah I think you know what's so crazy about what you what you were doing is the fact that a lot of people have mad ego when they're producing a product mm. and they're not willing to get any feedback for it but you were very willing to be like look this is not where i want it to be but i just mm. want to hear everything so i can make it the best you know 100%. and i feel that's why you're that's why you've gotten to where you've got to and you you were able mm. to recruit him and i don't want to ruin the next part but yeah. you're, you know going on to do more stuff i think because you're doing it the right way a lot of people don't want to you know you don't want to listen yeah because you know what it is it's hard to listen it's mm. hard to receive criticism mm. criticism is a hard mm. word to say um it's hard to receive um constructive feedback mm. i think as you said it's ego like you kind of want to mm. hope that it works it's not hope like if your user tells you like this isn't working for me how do i fix it like for me i want to be so close to the customers like so close to my users so i'm like Guys, if anything is not working mm. or you want things to be better, mm. I need to know. And I think yeah. it's just having that like open mm. dialogue because when they see that you're willing and then when they tell you something, you change it. They're like, oh, she's actually like she actually is creating mm. this for me. She doesn't care about mm. it's not about her. It's about like how I see the product and how I um, yeah. use it. So I think it's really been really helpful. And I think Sam saw that as well, which yeah. which was, you know, great. Were you always like that from the start? I think like that receptive. I think that's a good question. <laughs> I think I'm just trying to understand because no, no, if no. you wasn't, it's it's nice to hear how you got there because I think that would be so helpful for people, not only just in business, in anything in, anything. in life, for you to get from yeah. from point A to point Z in improvement. In improvement, you know? yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting because I think if I look at areas of my life, yeah, where I have been able and open to um, constructive feedback um, are areas of my life that I care about. So mm. because I care, I actually care about the experience mm. that hairstylists have. I care that they have a product that works. Yeah. And I care about that more than I care about creating the product. I care that okay. about that more than I care about being successful. I actually care that it, it creates value for them. Mm. It actually warms my heart that they tell me like, I need this. And I'm like, yep, we'll do it. Or this is not working yet. We'll fix it because 
is I care about the experience they have. I think where you don't really care about stuff is hard okay. to have, or you have your priorities are in different areas. If I was creating this product for money, maybe I wouldn't care as much mm. like about their experiences. I would just be like, oh, we're just trying to onboard as many as users yeah. as possible. Let's go, 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 you know, scale at all costs, <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of startup mentality. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I genuinely care. And I think... Yeah, that's that's been the kind of like, the thing that's helped me. And I think if I look at areas of my life that maybe I don't care as much about, that's where ego comes in. Because then you're like, well, mm. thank you for the thank you for the feedback, but I'm good, you know. Like, but it's like when you actually do care, you're like, no, thank you for the feedback. I'm gonna make a difference. I'm gonna change because I'm I'm very passionate about that. That's a fantastic insight. That is fantastic, and I'm I've not heard that before. That's brilliant. And that's that's just that I think sense, that's yeah that's honest. that's yeah. how I feel. I don't know if it applies for everyone, yeah. but that I I see that difference in myself. Yeah. When I care more about something, I'm yeah. more open to, to to feedback. Yeah, and I think it makes sense, right? Because if you if you truly care about something, you'd want it to be the best it can right? be, right? Right. I think that's yeah. That's that's, that's a gem. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and think about it, in even relationships, right? Mm. You really care about someone. They tell you that, hey, that was really selfish what you did. You're like. Oh my god, I'm so sorry because you know you care about that person. Someone, maybe a colleague, tells you that you probably be like, "Oh, great." Yeah. You know, your sister or your spouse tells you that you're like, "How? Like, how did how did I do that? Can I yeah. can I be better?" You know, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just when you care more, yeah. you're more open to doing better. I love that insight. I, <laughs> lo I absolutely love that insight. So, in terms of like making money, it's I saw it's like a it's type of like a membership thing, right? Yes, yeah, so, it's monthly subscription. I guess would you. Classify yourself as like a SaaS? Yeah. Yes, like so a SaaS B2B company. So B2B SaaS right? company, okay, yeah. B2B SaaS company. Mm -hmm. And currently you have like two packages. I think I saw $9.99 to $29.99. The $29.99 is like, it's like premium, right? So yeah. it's a premium package and it's access to TV and film opportunities. Is that like, the so your clients would then have opportunities in TV and film, anything that comes up like on the yeah. other side of, of the business? Yeah, so so we have, yeah. So essentially we were on an accelerator last year with Sky. Mm. And ah. yeah, and it was really interesting okay. because it was, it was great just meeting people, but actually we ended up having conversations about the representation in film and TV for Afro, Afro hair stylists. Mm. And Sky actually made a pledge last year that, you know, any time that they have a, you know, black member of cast in a production, they will make sure that there is an Afro hair stylist on set. And that's a big commitment because that's, you know, no other broadcaster has made that kind of commitment mm. before. And it was in light of all these horror stories. And I don't know if you've seen any, any of them of black cast members just having horrific experience with hair mm. and makeup on set. Mm. Um, you've seen it in, like, you know, London Fashion Week shows. You yeah. see it on set. There's all these stories. And it's because, you know, hair and makeup, hair and makeup staff are hired, but actually they're not hired by specialism they're okay. hired to do everyone okay but then if you have black members of um black men black cast members on set they're not able to do their hair they're not able to do their makeup in the way that they should so people actually end up doing their own makeup mm. doing their own hair they end up doing they end it up, yeah imagine you're, wow. a, you're an actor and yeah, you're like you know what like, you go into the bathroom you're like no nope, i need to i need to sort this out. Yeah, yeah bring so so you know they actually released a documentary whilst they made that pledge oh. and that documentary was shedding light on all those issues okay. and they said in light of this we are making this commitment yeah it just so happened that at the same time mm. we were on the cohort Oh, um, that's of, so cool. Yeah, of businesses that they supported yeah. in this accelerator. And so they said, hey, 
you've got loads of stylists that can do <laughs> Afro hair. You know, why don't we why yeah. don't we look at, you know, some sort of way to 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 kind of create opportunities for them. Mm. And so it's it's interesting because actually film and TV requires like an additional mm. um I guess not qualification, but you do have to have experience in that field. Yeah. And so there will be a small percentage of the stylists that we work with or that subscribe mm. to Tressley that would be eligible. Okay. And for those that are, we want to make sure that we're providing opportunities there as well. Okay. Wow. That is so cool. So you're making money on one side and the other side. And another side, side yeah. That's cool. Mm. That's very smart. And it, to be fair, it, it, it makes sense. And there's so many media clients. There's It's not even just media. There's just, there's just other aspects where I think that you could definitely partner with, with other businesses. Yeah. Um. So... Are you still doing a hair crush at the moment or is it just like transitioning to like Tresley? Yeah, it's we're in a transition period. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, it feels like it's the right time to kind of move over and be full time with Tresley. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we kind of like we well, last year the team kind of we wound down the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year I think it's pretty much going to be how do we transition to Tresley and focus on that? Yeah. And you did, I don't know if you've already said on podcast. Actually, no, you did. So you're going full time, right? Yes. Soon, soon. Yeah. I guess. Why did you make that decision? I think. Full-time? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think. Um, you know, I I'm of faith, so I'm a Christian, and I mm. and I always pray about things, and I always felt like I, I prayed. I prayed about it, and I said, when is the right time to go full time? I will know. I said, God will yeah. tell me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of last year, I just felt it like there was something. I think I'd launched. Obviously, we had the gala, which I'll talk more about in mm-hmm. a bit. But we'd had the, this massive event. It was amazing. We had L'Oreal sponsor and some big mm-hmm. magazines, and it was just kind of we had momentum. And there was something in my mind that was like, you need to ride this momentum, and yes. um, because if it dies, it's hard to get it back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, companies don't ever get it back. Yeah, you know, and. You you will trade off another year of working for your dream. Mm. Is mm. that worth it? Mm-hmm. You got to ask yourself. Ask yourself that <laughs> you question. You got to ask yourself that question, you know? Yeah. So, and and, and I, my mentor put it really, really bluntly. She said, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. If not, you get another job. <laughs> I said, yep. It's facts. It's though. facts though. She, yeah. She, yeah, she literally said it as it was. And I think all that fear kind of started to dissipate. And mm. I realized I was like, if she said to me as well that like this is all you all you've been doing this off the side of working full time. Mm. Imagine if you had the time to fully dedicate to it. You yeah. would 10x your um, you know, your kind of progress. Yeah. So that was kind of yeah. It's not look, honestly, you've got to make these decisions. At the end of the day, you hear all the stories of all the founders, and they're always, they're always having to take risks. Like one of my favorite. Um, books actually shoe dog i just I f- finished it recently he was working part-time a lot but mm. at some point he was like you know what go gotta go full-time to grow this business for it to be sustainable because what yeah. what was happening was that he he just wasn't able to meet financially mm. able to meet it because he couldn't get enough you know shoes out the door so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know he just had to he just had to be in a, in, in the thick of it so yeah sometimes that, that's what you kind of got to do so obviously you talked about like um the you know the first version of your app uh, I guess well how comes you haven't released the second version yet what's, what's what's going on with that so currently well we had a waiting list kind of period okay. last year so had the event in October and had the waiting list open for about a month and a half yeah. and so right now we're literally 
closing the waiting list, launching the website and going live. Mm. Um, but in the meantime, we have been onboarding stylists on from the waiting list onto okay. the app. So we oh, have you? App. Yeah. Okay. So it's working, it's functioning. We're just yeah. kind of like, it's not open. You kind of have to be on the waiting list and uh, then be onboarded. Okay. But in a few mu- in a few weeks, sorry, you'll yeah. be able, stylists will be able to book directly through the, um, the website and get on the app. Okay, wow. So I guess at the end of the first year of launching the app, what what goal would you want to, what goal would you wanted to have achieved? So our goal for this year that by the end of the year we want to have a thousand users on that. Okay, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's you know I feel I feel energized by that because it's a lot, but it's we we feel like we have yeah. a roadmap that will allow us to get there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's way more than a thousand hairstylists. Oh out yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But we understand that like in the first year, really for us, it's about just proving that there is like what we've built Mm. is actually viable in the market. And so part of that is just kind of getting into the right spaces, strategic partnerships, Mm -hmm. loads of events, community is such a huge part of our marketing. And so convening, like Mm. bringing people together and also a lot of like learning. So Mm. alongside obviously the the app, we have Mm. Tressley Academy, which is launching soon, which is essentially just like learning materials for stylists. So helping them with things like business, finance, um, just to really upskill them because essentially they're small business owners yeah um but they've just kind of been thrust into the world of business really they're just creatives (laughs) you know that that love doing hair forced to do business that forced to do business and so like as much support as we can give them around that Mm -hmm. we want to do that and so that's that's a huge aim for this year as well that's amazing i wish you good luck with it as well so obviously you you're talking about like something accelerated so obviously you know did one with sky um you did one with barclays Mm -hmm. one tech and google I guess, how do you feel like they helped your progress and what was like the one thing that you took from them? That's a really good question. I think they all brought different things mm. in terms of value. The Barclays Accelerator, I would say, was great for kind of actual business knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I particularly liked like some of the masterclasses they had around mm-hmm. finance because obviously they're bank. I feel like they placed huge emphasis on that, mm-hmm. which was good. And so like just really upskilling the founders on the program around that. Yeah. And the network, Barclays has an amazing network. So actually I met a couple of investors on that program at the pitch day. Um, and I met some amazing founders as well. So I think yeah. that for me, for me, it was like the quality of the of the masterclasses on yeah. the Barclays Accelerator was incredible. Okay. Um, for the Google, I'm um, sorry, for the BEO and Sky Accelerator, mm. I think the main thing that was great was the money. So I actually, <laughs> you actually got a grant with that. Okay. Which was great. How much? Um, fifteen k. Okay, that's good. Yeah, which that's really good. helped yeah. us to kind of get started. Yeah, especially with like the like finishing off the MVP. Right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, At that good. time, it was like critical. So yeah. like, it was amazing. And then I think also the obviously the opportunity supply yeah. opportunities with Sky. Mm. They're a huge company. Mm. So even just like as part of the accelerator, they actually said we want to create supplier opportunities okay. with Sky. And so that's where all these conversations came up mm. um, about, you know, the film and TV. Yeah. And I think it was amazing because yeah. how else would we have even thought or gotten in yeah. um, in the door? So That's crazy. Yeah. So obviously we were talking offline as well that you're looking, the next step is mm-hmm. potential investment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. How, how I guess, why did you decide, okay, I'm not going to bootstrap Let's let's go and get a bit of investment. <laughs> bootstrapping is hard. Yeah. Bootstrapping is very hard. tough. Very tough. And I think you have to think about what kind of business you have as mm. well. I think because we're a tech business, I think 
even though my we have a co-founder, so my co-founder is, is, is a CTO, he's very much like mm. product led. Um, to get to where we need to get to the next phase, mm. we definitely need like an injection of cash. Mm. And what we have decided is that, you know what, let's do it now rather than like wait till we really, really need it. Because mm. right now we need it, but like, you know, instead of waiting later on till we really, really need yeah, it, let's, that, let's yeah, start to have conversations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's start to have conversations now and also look at strategic investors, investors mm. that have experience in the space that can actually help us outside mm. of that yeah. because that's invaluable. You can't put a, a price on that really yeah. um so that's kind of why we decided mm -hmm. and how much are you looking to, to to raise would you say like roughly what's the so we're looking to raise 200k okay 200k yeah. and i guess how long is that gonna last you because so tech about, is expensive it's expensive and i think yeah. we you know because you know me and my co-founder mm. so i will be full-time but my co-founder mm. might not be full-time so i okay. think it should last us about 18 mm. months mm. depending on how we spend it that's good yeah that's a good use it should it should okay. and i think we have we know what we need to do yeah. and bearing in mind we will actually be generating revenue as well because okay. we have paying customers oh uh, yeah so that course. does yes. help yes so yes. it's it's not and it's like recurring as it's well recurring right? as well yeah, that's amazing Recur recurring revenue is great everybody's trying to get that you know <laughs> everybody's trying great. to get the recurring like, money it's just a bit of everybody a, yeah. even businesses don't make sense yeah, they're trying to they're get, trying get some like coffee of, yeah. even though it kind of makes sense but doesn't but it's like it's yeah like we know you're trying it. to do something yeah it it's it. Not, yeah it's kind of like yeah it could work recurring but it's coffee like... <laughs> when i say it doesn't make sense it does make sense but i don't think a lot of people would have thought that like yeah why like why we make more you... money when people just come in every day and we don't have to give them a subscription but actually i think it encourages um like you say it's like it's a community you're you're mm. building it's not just money you're now thinking okay you're now part of a club and people love yeah, being part people love being of part club, of something yeah as know? human beings we love belonging yeah we love feeling like we're part of something and with Tresley, it's like you're really part of a of a, a community that supports you that uplifts you that you can learn from and that's really never happened in the in the space in the hair space before yeah let alone the black hair space yeah. so it really is something that we we've we've got feedback that that's like invaluable yeah yeah so with the investors you're speaking to are they like setting you targets? I know they haven't like committed, but are they setting you targets of like, yes, I, I want you to show that you're going to make a million pounds in year one, you know, like Dragon Den yeah. style, right? Yeah. Two million in year two, five million in year three. Are you having those kind of conversations with them? Yeah, I think we're getting there because yeah. we're quite early in the process. Okay. But I think what they do want is a clear financial model. Okay. Um, and also a clear like exit strategy. Like, mm. what do you want to do? Mm. What Like, how do you want to run your business? And mm. have you had those conversations with your co-founder? Like, mm. do you want to exit in five, six years? Do you mm. want to go, you Good know, question. do the, do you want to do the VC round? Do you want to yeah. like IPO? What, what actually do you want? And mm. you kind of have to build out your model based mm. on that. And you need to have strong assumptions to back up every number in that yeah. I think that's one thing I've learned is yeah. you can't just say you're going to make <laughs> you can't just say you're going to make you know 100k a mil this year how are you going to do that <laughs> you know what's your sales funnel like how yeah. do you I think you have to think very like granular mm. And it's not thinking that I'm used to, mm. I don't think that way. Mm. I think very much in like strategy, mm. but actually, ha yeah, strategy then leads into building a funnel, which then yeah. leads into numbers and like how that all plays out. So yeah. I'm learning that. Yeah. yeah. The question I want to know is, do you, from your, in your mind, are you thinking that you want to exit or do you feel like, nah, this is going to be a business I'll do for life? 
Or do you not know that yet? I think we are thinking about it. Okay. I think we we know how far we can take the business and mm. want to take the business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'll probably be an exit at some point. Okay. But I, I, I you don't know, right? You, yeah. you have that. That's 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 what you feel and you mm. have a plan. But we'll see. Okay. Cool. I love that. I love that. So obviously there, there's other stuff. You you you're, you definitely know more about your space. I can tell that you know a lot about your space. Mm. Um, one of, I was doing a bit of research in terms of like other, um, I don't know if they, if you would classify them as competitors, but like fresher, right? Yes, yes. Are they like an actual competitor? Oh yeah, would you, definitely. Would you, do they offer the full suite like you do? Or is it just like if one or two of, yeah, I would say they are competitors in that, you know, they don't they might not offer the full suite, but they offer a major part of what we do. Okay. Right. So I would say any booking software is a competitor to us. Mm-hmm. So Fresher, Booksy, um, Schedulista, Acuity Scheduling, because really and truly, for a long time, that's all that's been around. Mm-hmm. Um, the brand building element has never really been an additional component to, okay. these, to these so so we are offering an additional component mm. to that okay. but very much direct competitors okay how, how do you feel about that <laughs> i think i i feel i feel fine because yeah. i think you have to kind of know your value yeah and you need to know where the where the value is mm-hmm. that you bring and so for us we know that kind of one brand is becoming increasingly important super important super yeah. super important yeah. and two community even more so so how do we leverage those two things mm-hmm. and grow a business that can basically create a niche? And I mm-hmm. think that the trend with business is a niche within a niche, right? Mm-hmm. So even though we do cater and we will cater to all stylists and we might even go to, go into other areas of beauty, we know that starting in black hair mm. is great because you can build, you can go deep and build real value for that community and then expand, right? Yes. So Amazon started off selling books or Canva started off with yearbooks. Like you never really end up where you started. Yeah. But you kind of, you just have to be very focused and you have to do that really well. And then you have to grow, I call it grow your circle. Yeah. Keep keep expanding outside of that. I completely agree. The reason why Shoe Dog is one of my favorite books is because the way Nike started, they didn't start with selling their own trainers yeah they started with selling onosuku tigers yes that's yes, how they yes. started reselling other, reselling people's, other trainers people's trainers for yeah. years yeah. like i think yeah, yeah. three four maybe even up to five years they were selling mm. other people's before they even built their own brand yeah you know and even at this at the beginning it wasn't like yeah i want to start my own shoe company it was like i, I love trainers i just want to resell japanese into america because there's not Many of their trainers here. So let me do that, right? So it's like evolution. I guess on the topic of evolution, how do you, what's kind of the vision in your mind of where you want like Tresley to to be? I think for us, you, you know, as I think I was mentioning earlier, the future of any industry is really important as a founder to know. Mm. So as you know, opportunities now are great, but where is your where is your industry going? Because mm. you need to also be going that direction. In fact, you need to get there before the industry gets yeah. there, right? And so for us, you know, we see areas such as like co-working for beauty growing massively in the okay, hair space. Okay, that's interesting. Co-work yeah. for beauty. Yeah, so for example, oh. you have like you have like WeWorks and stuff like that, which is, yeah. you know, and you have various different types of co-working. So co-working for creatives, mm. co-working for fine, like all these different kind of niches. And I think one area that hasn't really been tapped into is mm. beauty. 
And, you know, I think since COVID, the, the rate at which salons have been shutting down is actually crazy. It's about yeah. 8% year on year. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but That's not crazy. only that, more and more stylists are going self-employed. The salon model is dying. So yes, even if they're working, is, in yes. the, yeah, working in a salon, because it was never really a financial viable model, financially viable model. But now even more so, mm. even if you work in a salon, you're probably renting a chair. Mm. So now there's this independent element to, to the salon experience where stylists are wanting their own space, like mini, mini studios. And so in the last like three years, I would say probably about five co-working spaces for beauty have popped up really yeah oh that's interesting which is amazing and yeah. i think and i saw this a few years ago and i said like i wonder how fast this is going to happen mm. um and so even speaking to the stylists now they're like oh do you know any good studios you know you start off maybe in your mm. in your in your you know home studio and you yeah. realize i'm growing quite fast i need a space but actually i don't want to rent a chair i need a little space that's mine that my mm. clients have a bit of privacy where can I get that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's, is it an area we'll go into? Maybe. I think it is something that we have on our kind of like strategy. Okay, so it's on the roadmap. Yeah, but it's, okay. yeah, it's on the roadmap. Cool. I think we'll see how it progresses, yeah. but that's a key element, you know, of that. Mm. Um, I think the Academy, our Tresley Academy is a huge part of our roadmap mm. as well because mm -hmm. education for stylists is, is is so important. Yeah. And not just business, actually training. Mm. There are no real kind of like Afro hair training schools. That's in the a UK. very good point. I don't think any exists. Yeah. <laughs> and when there's you, when and you no, actually think about when you it. You actually think yeah. about it. There's no formal education. Mm. You know, the kind of um MVQs have just started, mm. you know, allowing the cutting and styling of textured hair. Okay. And that Really? Yeah. They've just added that to the professional standards. This is crazy. So, it's so like, many gaps. Yeah, so many gaps. So then it's like, you think about, that's just the cutting and styling. That's mm. not the actual specialisms like wigs and weaves and braids. Mm. That's the bare minimum has mm. just been added. How many more years is it going to mm. take to, you know? So I yeah. think there's definitely a space. And I think in the States, they've really been leading the charge on that. And mm. how do we start to credit, you know, certain styles that yeah. have just been left <laughs> off the radar for so yeah. many years. Wow. Um, and there's definitely space to do that in the mm. UK as well so wow. our academy you know right now it's obviously business focused upskilling but it, mm -hmm. it can definitely easily become something like that and become a bit of a stamp of approval a bit of a certification mm -hmm. for, for that quality of service wow yeah you yeah you've done your homework I, already know, <laughs> man. I mean we, everybody knows we all know the listen the audience knows man <laughs> you've definitely done your, your your homework so I was thinking about like the bigger picture and you, you you know you obviously spoke um you know about the future um but it also sounds like obviously Tresley is more than just a business for you it's like a movement to empower diverse hair would you I guess would you agree with that that statement yeah 100 yeah. our vision is to economically empower independent hairstylists and you know that means so many things because I think for us, it's through our community because I think when you meet with like-minded people, you learn from them, you're empowered, you kind of like lean lean on each other, yeah. kind of like a community of practice, which again is not really non-existent in the space. Mm -hmm. um, economically empower because obviously with our software, they're able to you know create a brand for themselves, grow their businesses. Mm -hmm. they have, there's features in there that allow them to retain clients, mm -hmm. make more money. Um, the academy is all about learning, it's all about upskilling. How do you yeah. be more efficient? How do you grow? So really, it's all of, we want them to make more money. Mm. We want them to grow. We want them to be better. And so that is that is our vision, essentially. Amazing. I love that. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about the gala. What? How was that for you? Obviously, you said 
it, it actually a research happened in October, right? Yes. Looks brilliant it looked Thank amazing it looked like obviously had a lot of a lot of fun yeah um but yet yeah, if you um if you're able to talk me around obviously you know organizing the event you know mm-hmm. what went very well what you felt like oh look I, i'm gonna do better next time yeah 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 um the gala was um the gala has been like an idea that's been i guess on my heart for many many years mm-hmm. because i felt like you know, we we did some videos interviewing mm. stylists about how they felt about it. And I was watching it back actually the other day and I was like, this is so heartwarming because they were saying a lot of the things that I felt. Mm-hmm. They said as stylists, as hairstylists in the UK, mm-hmm. they kind of feel a bit kind of like tossed to the side, not really recognised. Mm-hmm. And there was never really a space. So, for example, you have like the British Hairdressing Awards. Afro hairstylists are not typically invited to stuff like that. Seriously? You know? Yeah, I mean, they have one Afro hair category, but... Afro hair has about five or six different specialisms. There's so many different levels. And so, you know, it is a lot more complex, but that, that recognition just wasn't there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just felt like in an industry that's so big, that makes so much money, you know, some of these stylists are making six figures. How How is no one being recognised or mm. supported? And so the gala came about as a way to kind of celebrate, you know, like kind of like an O'Day to black hair in the UK, yeah. just to celebrate black hair and and, and black hairstylists mm-hmm. because they're the backbone of the culture. They create yeah. the trends, 100%. you know, and yeah. so that, that, was, that was the idea. And so, yeah, I spoke to a couple of brands that I mm-hmm. felt would be aligned. So L'Oreal Pro sponsored okay. the event. Um, alongside L'Oreal Pro, I don't know what L'Oreal the Pro part of that. So is, L'Oreal, yeah. L'Oreal, obviously L'Oreal, everyone knows L'Oreal Paris. Yeah. That's the consumer brand. Yeah. They have a professional brand as well. Ah, so they actually create okay. products okay. specifically for hair professionals, yeah. so stylists. And these are kind of like I guess higher performing products for the salon or mm-hmm. for hairstyling or hairstylists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so as a professional brand, it was yeah. very much aligned with them to support this because it was you know almost like thirty of the best hairstylists in the UK, best. Okay. black hairstylist in the UK in one room like it kind of felt like we were aligned on that Mm. and they wanted to be a part of it which was amazing that is so cool so do you feel like it sounds like the reception was amazing for it and it sounds like it's like a no-brainer that you'll have to do this like every year at yeah, this point. Right? It is, yeah, it is. Yeah. We also got Ruka hair involved. So okay. yeah, Ruka amazing. amazing. Basically the mm-hmm. first ever Afro hair extensions brand to be stocked in Selfridges. Okay. Absolutely incredible. They also sponsored the event. Mm-hmm. And then we had Hairdresser Journal, which is okay. the trade publication for hairdressers in the UK, mm. supporting the event. So it was kind of like some really heavy hitters for an event that's never happened before. Yeah. How did and you convince these people like, you know what? that you're gonna actually <laughs> you know deliver because not everybody yeah. can do it a lot of people could talk but yeah. delivery delivery is yeah a lot and of I people think, can't do it yeah you kind of have to I have I have a track record right and I think that helped with yeah. Hair Crush I'd put on so many events okay. you know some of the brand events I'd put on for, for brands like Dyson you know we'd had our own events at Hair Crush and I was able to say hey we've done this before mm-hmm. like we know how to bring the best of the best together and we know how to make it an incredible experience okay. so I love that. this is just another one of mm-hmm. those things like yeah. are you willing to come on board and I remember like a shout out to the comms director at L'Oreal when I had the meeting with her Iona so lovely she came back to me the next day and she was like it's a no-brainer she was like of course we want to support like Mm. and it just it reaffirmed that like they felt like it was needed Mm. and this was the right time and I was the right person to do it 
Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. So obviously you're going to be planning another one soon because yeah, it's yeah, already yeah, yeah. started it's already 2024, right? 100%. It's going to yeah. be an annual event and we hope that it, you know, it does get better. It does mm-hmm. get bigger. We got feedback from 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 the last one, yeah. what went well, what we could do better. And yeah, it's going to, it's going to be here. That's it's amazing. not going anywhere. <laughs> okay, wow. Looking forward to seeing more about it. So I've got a question and this is something that I didn't even really realise myself. One, so one of my posts of, um, I had an, another guest, Jenny, um, where we were talking about, uh, we were talking about neurodiversity, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not the first time I've seen a comment about this. It's like co- kind of shaming people wearing wigs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I saw it, the first time I saw it was like maybe a year ago when when I had somebody else, like a friend on before. And then I saw it come up again. I'm like, like what is going on? <laughs> what is this? Like, what's going on here? So there's obviously some people who are really strong advocates yeah. for, you know, your natural hair. Mm. And there's, there's, there's some people who are like, you know, they're quite both, right? Yeah. Natural hair and, mm. you know, um, you know, wigs or um anything else right so i guess where where do you kind of stand on that kind of conversation and can you give us a bit of insight into that because it's not somewhere that i'm i don't even know i feel like it's a bit of an emerging area it's, it's always an emerging been there. discussion. It's obviously it's always, always been yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's always been there. And I actually, I feel quite strongly about this mm. because actually when I set up Hair Crush, this was mm. one of the founding like principles was okay. that what we wanted to promote is we didn't want to be a natural hair platform okay. or a natural hair movement. Uh, we wanted to promote healthy hair choices. And that was actually our slogan, happy, healthy okay. hair, because it was all about empowering women, however they wanted to wear their hair to help them to make sure that it was healthy, right? So in our newsletter, we had stuff about wigs, we had stuff about braids, we had stuff about leave out, Mm. permed relaxed hair, locks. Mm. Like there was no discrimination about how you decided to wear your hair because at the end of the day, like black women are so blessed and lucky that we were able to change our hair quite a lot. Mm. And I think that's something that should be celebrated. Like if someone chooses to wear their hair natural all the time, Mm. that's fine. If someone wants to wear braids all the time, that's Mm. also fine. And if someone wants to flip in between the two, you know, like when I go into work and they're like, oh, new hairstyle today. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah." like I like change. Like I'm into hair. So you won't see me in the same hairstyle. Like, you know, give me two months. I probably would have changed my hair three times. Mm. You know, I'll have it out natural. I'll Mm. have like, I'll have it down here and then I might have braids next week. Like, it's just who I am, right? Okay. And so I, I'm very much like women have should have the choice mm. to do whatever they want. Yeah. But also have the tools that they need to be able to like do it mm. safely, right? Because I'm not an advo- advocate for, you know, things that damage your hair or techniques mm. that are like not great for you. Yeah. Like if you want to do it, do it, but just do it in a way. If you want to color your hair, mm. color it, but make sure you're using the right type of dye for textured yeah. hair. Like just have the information, right? Yeah. Um so that's kind of where I stand. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like honestly some mm. people feel really strongly about it and you know i i feel like at the end of the day right that's no it's almost no different to if i wanted to dye my hair white people be like oh no you should be natural you shouldn't dye your hair well like no i want to it's yeah, fun right i exactly. want to try a new style so I, I don't know why people get so controlling about yeah. other people's lives and what they should do if you want to 
natural hair and you want to be mm. natural, that's fine. But I think if somebody else is not doing it, that doesn't take away from them not wanting to be themselves. Like, you know, it's yeah. a bit, people get too serious with these things people sometimes. Get, yeah, yeah, people get too and I And I think, I, I always try and think about the other perspective, mm. right? And I think people have this idea that if you don't wear your hair or you know you're not you don't feel com- comfortable mm. wearing your hair in your in, in in its natural state that's a problem mm. and i do think to some extent like i will agree with that because i think you have to see yourself in your natural state as beautiful and that's the starting point you know and if you don't and you're using these styles to maybe like detract or distract you or you know take away from you know your original state and you kind of feel like okay cool I look better this way or then it's like people people feel like you shouldn't feel like that but there's 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 a whole load of reasons why you know like assimilation feeling like you need to kind of conform like there's so many reasons why women do things there's so many reasons why men do things like there's mm. so many. So I think it's very difficult to draw a line in the sand yeah. and say, you do this because this, mm. you know, everyone has different reasons. I think mm. you're right. We shouldn't shame anyone or make anyone feel a certain way. But I think people, it seems to be in this debate. I've had this debate with a lot of people and I mm. think they have an issue where as a woman, as a black woman, when you are in your natural state, you don't think you're beautiful. They feel like that's a problem. Mm. So I get, I, I get that perspective. I get that perspective. You yes. know, I understand that. And I and I think yeah. that that's a fair argument. Mm. I think people are on different points mm. in that journey of accepting themselves in the natural state. And some people are happy with themselves in the natural state. Just want to change it up sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> you got it. You got to accept got me it. Having the hair now, and yeah. I want to go bold. You want to like you know. So I I think not going bold in time, but still <laughs> you. Know, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely hear it. You know what it got me thinking about, right? When we were talking about like, um, you know, hairstyles. I think something came out recently. You know the whole the relaxing box. I can't remember their brand name. That was false, wasn't it? Yeah. That that yeah. it came out that that was soft false. Sheen That's so messed up. Yeah. Is it stuff Sheen and Carson? I can't remember. Who is yeah. that really popular brand? Dark and lovely. And it was yeah. It was all. It was um um marketed to yeah, black people to, black to, pe- to for them to straighten their hair, but yeah. it wasn't like I can't. It, it did the people in the picture didn't didn't, didn't have, use the product yeah, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That is so crazy. So messed up. And the, and there's so much stuff around relaxers yeah. as well. Like you know people like you know there's been studies saying that yeah. linked to cancer. Mm. You know. I think there's been and a lack of your care. hair as well. 100%. Badly. I yeah. think there's been a lack of care for many years mm. around black hair products. Mm. I think the people that were creating them didn't think about the consumers. They didn't care about the consumers. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I really love this wave of like black owned brands yeah. in the market, because you have women that are creating products, you know, like you have like, you know, brands like Rooka, like they are thinking about the supply chain. How is it done ethically? Like, all these things that like really matter yeah. to them because yeah. they know that it matters to the consumer because yeah. yeah. they are the consumer themselves. They, they are the consumer. I feel like you definitely will have a place and a say in a lot of this stuff because as you have the hairstylists who know the clients and you've, you've been a hairstylist mm-hmm. yourself, you can have a lot of brands that would, would come to you again that would want to, you know, 
penetrate the market in terms of like the products that are being used yeah. and almost like get your advice as to you know what you're doing in space and how could you of course like you know show some a bit of care when you're yeah. bringing these products and like you say ethically as well One very very important it's yeah that relaxing situation was, <laughs> was mad crazy. they should have got more stick for that and no, they should oh, have been getting sued by a lot of I people think, I'm suppo- yeah. surprised that it wasn't like a class action suit against them yeah 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 and I, I think it might have been in the US but yeah, yeah. very very poor yeah. and I think even on that point of like you know supporting brands I think with us with Tresley I feel like there's mm. a real gap as well for data mm. I think there's never really been a strong data source yeah. on the black hairstyling industry yeah. like there's no aggregation of what it looks like mm-hmm. what the trends are and so you know insight reports and things like that will be really important yeah. you know so we'll, we'll definitely be tapping that's amazing that. <laughs> see, tech, see the text like, this tech I know data tech, all yeah. of it <laughs> And that's what they say, data is going to be the new oil. So, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So I want to talk about, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, right? Um, you know, so obviously you, you've got a co-founder. Um, so Sam, Sam's yeah. your co-founder. Mm-hmm. And uh, you often hear stories like the Lean Startup. I don't know if you've read it, but yes. the beginning of it. I feel like it everyone, up, everyone yeah. has to read that. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. You kind of have to. <laughs> Well, how he starts the book, I'm not going to spoil the whole book, yeah. but how he starts it is like him talking about, you know, it not going well with his co-founder. And then there's lots of other examples where, you know, co-founding like works very, very, mm. um, very, very well. I guess, how have you, um, you know, found that? And I guess what are like the pros and cons of uh, starting a business with, with someone? Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't think... I don't think I've ever been asked that question, but I think it's an amazing question because I've actually had a business without a co-founder and now I have one with a co-founder. So I know the difference. Yeah. I, I think with when it's you and just you, I think it's great because you kind of, you have a vision, you're just getting on with it mm-hmm. and it is what it is, right? But the only problem is that you don't have someone to bounce ideas off. You don't have someone to tell you that idea is pants. Like, no, we're not doing that. Um, and then you kind of like, you you know, you kind of move a bit blindly, right? Like I, I felt like anyway, I don't, not completely because we, you know, we did amazing mm-hmm. things, but there is something about having someone else that has maybe a different area of specialism than you mm-hmm. coming in and just, I think I would have done things probably a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. I think the other thing is when you have, when you do have a co-founder, the only way it can work is before you start the business together, you have a sense of where you want to go okay. and where you want to not go. Because I think if you don't have a sense of like, okay, do we want to grow this business for how many years, blah, 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 blah. Or do you want to exit the business at this point because it no longer serves you? You know, the, the things that you might not know the answers to yet, but just at least ask those questions. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to sell the business in X amount of years? Like agree on those things at the start. I know it seems like, the idea is exciting. Like, oh, do you want to build it with me? Let's mm. go. Let's start building. Like, where? You, where's? What's the end mm-hmm. goal? Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. the vision? It's true. You know, and are you are you aligned on it? Mm. You know, because you you especially if you mm. have the idea, you might have an idea of where you want to go. Yeah. But the other person maybe has a completely different idea. Yeah. And then it's like it gets to that point, and then you fall out. Mm. What happens to the business? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what happens to the business? It either stops or you just do it by yourself, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah which yeah, it yeah. becomes really tough, right? Exactly. But a lot of people just be like, yeah, it's done. Yeah, and the fallout from that is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it'd be tough. It's tough. Yeah, it could be tough. Yeah. Obviously, we, you know, God willing, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Good. Um, I guess you know, as a young entrepreneur, do you feel like there's a bit of a pressure to succeed 
you know, quickly, especially in this age of social media where we're, mm. where people are seemingly, you know, overnight becoming a success, which, you know, they're not really, it's not overnight, but... Exactly. Yeah, do you yeah. feel like there's a bit of a pressure on you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think yes and no. Um, yes, in some regard, because I think... You know, whenever you see something, you think, oh, wow, this is incredible. Like, how do they get here so quickly? Blah, blah, blah. But what I've what I always now try to remember, and I said yes and no, the no part is that I always try and see, like, when did this person start? What have they been doing? Because typically you'll find that it's actually not been fast. Mm. It might appear to be fast or they might, you know, they might put it out as like as that way. But when you actually see, you probably see this person's been working on it for this long or blah, 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 blah. So just really trying to realise that my journey is my journey mm-hmm. and I can't follow anyone else's path, right? This yeah. is just mine, basically. Yeah. I guess, how do you stay focused? Because there's so much distractions. Oh, You know, like Cat Williams' interview, that was a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. That was a distraction. That's not only one. Football, Arsenal's a Honestly. distraction. Everything is a distraction. I realised one day, right, when I, you know, I was working on uh, the podcast, I kept on looking at my phone. I was like, this is distracting. I could get this stuff done quicker Quicker. if I stopped. Like every notification, even as I'm I'm looking through the questions, I'm getting notifications or stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's tough out here. It's really tough. I think a few things have helped me. Um, I turn up, so one... I've actually turned off my notifications on my phone. Okay. So I never get anything popping up. Mm. I also have like times for apps. So like I have daily limits for some of my apps, like Instagram, 30 minutes. I think it's even 15. I think I changed it. Yeah, I think I changed it to 15. Like, of of course that excludes like when I have work to do on Instagram, like posting or like content scheduling, that's different. But on a social level, I have like different like, so it'll be like, yeah, your limit is done for the day. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Can't go on it anymore. So I think I've just put, I think, you know, Atomic Habits is a great book. I think it's taught me that like you have to put systems in place if you want things to change in your life. And I think when I realise like what's distracting me, it's seeing something, tapping into it, going and then getting distracted by something in that. So remove notifications, one. Um, Going on something for one thing, like for example, Instagram, and then spending like half an hour on there. Okay, cool. Let's put a system in place for that. So it's just trying to put systems in place to like help me not get distracted. And I I will probably fall short sometimes, but the system is there to at least Mm. support me (laughs) as best possible. And that's all I can do, right? I think, yeah, it's been difficult, but I think, yeah. You just, you have to put systems in place to help. Yeah. So they say today, the modern time is Mm. the best time to start a business. It's the easiest time to start a business. Do you agree with that? Yes. Why? I think previously there's been so many barriers to to starting a business. I think Mm. information wise, there wasn't like, you know, the ease of getting the information of like, how do I do this? Mm. It was a lot harder, seven eight years ago to be like, okay, this is the roadmap. There is so much information out there right now, how to start a business, how to grow a business, how to scale it, how to sell a business. Like there's just so much. And I think, yes, it can be overwhelming, but if you're able to fish through, you can figure it out, you know? Whereas before it would have been a lot harder. You probably needed someone that was in business or maybe that was in your industry Mm. and maybe like try and get them to mentor you. You know, there were so many barriers. Um, Even things like creating a personal brand online. Yeah. Like it was so much harder. Like you would have to kind of like maybe go on TV or Mm. go on 
on a radio station. That's true. Now you can build your, you can build people building like, you know, multi-figure and personal brands on Instagram and yeah. TikTok. Um true. just from their bedrooms, right? So I think the barriers are definitely lower. Yeah. Um, but that, that means that more this means more competition, mm -hmm. you know. So you do have to create something that's worthwhile having. Yeah. Um, but it's easier to create. It's a yeah. trade-off. Amazing. I guess if you were to like, you know, start Tresley again. What would you do differently? I would move faster. <laughs> okay, really? So yeah. what, you'd quit your job faster? Everything? Not necessarily quit my job. I think I think there are, from inception to where we are today, yeah. it's been about four years. Ah, really? I okay. think when I yeah. had the idea, when I was in the thick of hair crush, mm. I was doing, I felt like it, we were, we were like, things were going really well mm. with hair crush and I, and I didn't want to like stop that. Mm. even though I felt like, you know, Tresley is where I want to be. Like, you know, so it took me a while to kind of wind down okay. what I was doing. Um, and I wish I'd just, I wish I'd just known that like, hey, this is where you need to be. This is where you need to be. Wrap this up, wrap mm. this up and then, and start heading in this direction. Right. Mm. Um, and I, I don't, I don't regret it. I think mm. I would just, I would just do it differently mm -hmm. because as much as I, 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 I enjoyed another two years of like campaigns and events and it was very draining. Right. Mm. And there was a lot of activity, but I think if I had, I started Tressley earlier, I would be in a different place now mm. um, with it. Mm. And it would have, again, been before COVID. So I would have gotten a head start. Okay. Um, all these little things. But I, again, I always think things happen for a reason. So mm. I say that, but I'm also like, hey, you mm. know, we're going to be successful regardless. Yes, so. exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right place, right time. <laughs> and so it's been, it's been great having this conversation with you. Like I've learned so much. It's been such an insightful conversation. Um, I don't know that much about um, the hair industry. And I feel like I've learned a lot about it from you and you're you're super knowledgeable about it you're super passionate about it and it's amazing um the things that you're doing is amazing the vision that you have as well like i'm really looking forward to um seeing what you achieve with it i, I guess what do you have planned next uh, for yourself aside from obviously you telling us that you're uh, you know quitting <laughs> in a month or so yeah. yeah 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 um for me i think i i really want to have a great year I think it's going to be a hard year because like penetrating an industry is never easy mm. I think I have a, an added advantage of knowing the industry I'm mm. going to penetrate and being in that industry already for, for many years but I think you know it's never easy to to take a product to market so all the things I've done previously for other brands I need to do it for myself now you know, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to an exciting, challenging year. Yeah. And if people want to obviously, you know, follow you, follow your journey, follow uh, Tresley, I, I guess, where can they find you? Yeah. So the best place is Instagram. So Tresley, we are at tres.lee. Um, so T-R-E-S-S dot L-Y. And then I'm on Antoinette Ale underscore. So Antoinette L-A-L-E underscore. Okay, amazing. Yeah, like I said, uh, this has been a great conversation and I definitely want to uh, have a follow-up episode. Maybe Sam can come as well and we can talk about like, you know, once you've launched, like what you've learned, like in your first year or oh, the challenges, you know, 
No, it's always good because um, you know, I've had a few people, uh, I've had a, a few other guests that have repeated and just seen like what challenges they're navigating, how business is going and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it looks like you're you're launching at the right time and it sounds like you got like a lot of exciting things ahead for 2024. Do you have any uh, final words for the audience? No final words, just I think when starting a business, start small. That's just my my one piece of advice. Like you have the big idea, start with the smallest thing you could possibly do. This the, <clears throat> the smallest version of the product that it could be and test it and then go from there. Yeah. That's a big lesson. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, Antoinette. Thank you so much, watchers and listeners, for tuning in to this episode of podcast. We'll see you next week's episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.